Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to this brand new episode. Uh, this week, we are going to work through chapters three and four in the book of Amos. And uh, as we are trying to do all of these uh, in just a few short weeks, and so we won't carry this book on any longer than we need to. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're new to the show, then we are a Lutheran podcast. We uh, go into scripture and we talk about it from a Lutheran perspective. And we work through the various conflicts and and understandings of trying to articulate the the passages that we are encountering. Uh, We also are doing a uh, rather lengthy series on Lutheran theology. And in that, we are talking and walking through uh, the Book of Concord and the Lutheran view of the sacraments, and then what are the differences between Lutheran and Reformed theology. And uh, so we'll work on that series. We're, I'm well into July uh, as of right now with episodes recorded. Actually, I think we're even uh, to August with uh, my Tuesday shows. And so that's tremendous. And this will actually air, I think, the second week in July. I got to look at my calendar. Anyways, but we, we've got a ways to go yet, and I think we're going to probably – uh, get through the rest of fall working on that series with the Lutheran theology series. Uh, and then we'll probably transition and do shorter uh, segments talking about some of the bigger topics. And so like we'll dig into stuff on sanctification and we'll look at the discussions of once saved, always saved versus those who say you could lose your salvation. And we'll dig into all that. That's coming up on the Tuesday lineup. So that's what you can look forward to after we complete this Lutheran theology series. So, uh, and you know, the Friday show is basically always going to be the same as my opening banter. And then we'll have the, uh, you know, whatever book in the Bible that we're working through verse by verse, we read the book, you know, whatever chapter we're in. And then we look at notes and we try to 
uh, understand what is happening in that chapter. And then we look at the greater context of the book and, and look at its placement within scripture. Obviously we're working through the minor prophets right now. That's where we've been for the last few months and where we'll be for probably the foreseeable future. But each minor prophet is different. And so it's like a different, uh, you know, mini series in this greater series of things that we're doing. So uh, I hope you are enjoying those. So if you are looking to uh, help support this ministry and keep this show going, then uh, you can uh, join us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. That keeps the, uh, uh, you know, the pinch of inflation down. Uh, I won't raise costs or anything like that. It's a dollar a month. Uh, we will be doing um, s- some tiers where we will be adding elements to to those to where some those individuals will have some uh, previous pieces into some chats and discussions and stuff. But, uh, for the dollar a month, you'll still get almost everything that I'm doing. Uh, and at least as of right now, you'll get everything that I'm doing. So I just turn it all over into that. Uh, once we kind of get through this, uh, summer <clears throat> and fall and I get through a bulk of my schoolwork, then I'm going to really focus on creating more content driven towards uh, use my listener and to the social media platform on Instagram that I'm on and to those who support this ministry ministry through Patreon. So you can join us patreon.com forward slash undying light. You can give us a little dollar a month or you can do that whole uh, set for a year and get a discount. It'd be like $10 and some change for a whole year's access to everything I do. Uh, Or you can give more if you decide to and just pay either monthly or yearly, what whatever's on your heart. So uh, this ministry is powered solely by you and your generous uh, gifts. And so I'm greatly appreciated of that. And uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, you know, I am a Lutheran pastor. I am still in seminary. I've been blessed with a congregation uh, with my basically the back half of my uh, school on track. And I am here in Iowa preaching God's word every Sunday morning to a faithful group of Lutherans. And I have loved every minute of the year and a half plus that I've been here. It seems like we, we just got here and got settled in, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's been like a year and seven or eight months. And I'm just thinking, goodness, how fast time goes. It is just so amazing. And, and the really, the really great thing I think beyond all that is you know, I can look back and see like some of the old episodes that I've recorded, like when I first started uh, preaching here and and then compare those to episodes that I'm doing today. And while I would not say I've gotten, you know, better on the mic because you you get what you get. I think my content, I hope, has become more sound, more consistent and um, be able to articulate it better. And so. Uh, those are just some things in my mind. Uh, but you know, as I mentioned, the patron, that is the biggest help that you can give to this ministry to keep this show going. If you love listening to us, then please uh, consider a dollar a month at the very least, if you can, um, you know, like I said, 10 bucks gets you a whole year. So you throw 10 bucks at me, I'll give you a year's worth of content and you, I hope will not be disappointed. Uh, I do Bible studies. We're going to start doing some virtual zoom meetups and, uh, we do, 
the early show release like this is not going to air until probably the middle of July as I record it now at the end of June. So they'll get early access to that. You've, they've gotten previous access to the entire sacrament series uh, months before anybody else has listened to them. Uh, they get sermon notes every week. Uh, any schoolwork that I'm doing, I'm actually putting together kind of a pamphlet right now for uh, the Old Testament. And so I'm working on content from that. Uh, and once that's available, then I'll make that uh, patron accessible. So uh, all of those things, plus, you know, Q&As and, you know, chat rooms, Discord, all that stuff comes with the dollar a month or $10 a year. So uh, with that, you know, you can also upgrade your your digital library and you can uh, get in on uh, some awesome Logos deals. There's always fantastic promos being ran every month. Logos does something new. So uh, you can go to logos.com forward slash undying light and get yourself a great copy and help upgrade your library. So that's my spiel. Those are my commercials. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of like uh, up and coming notes for you. Uh, we're kind of knee deep in the book of Amos. And so we've got uh, some a ways to go yet, but we'll get through the chapters three and four today. And uh, I think we're going to do uh, Habakkuk next. Um, I don't know if I said Joel or, or what, but I think we'll do. No, we did Joel already. Goodness gracious. I don't even know where I'm at some days. See? Uh, so we've done Joel already. And so Habakkuk will be next. Uh, I have one of my patrons being gracious enough to uh, record it, uh, them reading it. So you won't have to hear me uh, fight through the words. Uh, and we will uh, unfold and get that to you. So pretty excited. A lot of good things coming there. Uh, most of it is obviously surrounding the show, as I've already mentioned, kind of the future outlines for the Tuesday shows, and then Fridays we're just going to keep working with minor prophets, and then we'll transition into some New Testament uh, texts. And then I think what we'll do, um, after we kind of work through some of these these minor prophets, I think what we'll do is we'll just kick it off and go like right into Matthew. Uh, so we'll, we'll do a few more minor prophets, um, and then we'll just go into Matthew and then we'll dig into Matthew. And we'll work ourselves all the way, uh, to revelation. We won't go through revelation since we've already done it on this show, but, uh, maybe we'll kind of do a show or two summary on the book and we'll just kind of give, you know, like highlights, like break it down into these parts. This is what you can expect. This is kind of the content you can get out of it. So those are some things, uh, to expect, in the upcoming show. So let's not waste any more time by me babbling. Let's get into the content because I'm sure that's what you're actually here to listen to. Uh, and I'm, and I've actually even heard somebody tell me once that they just fast forward it to about the 10 minute mark. Uh, and then they either have to fast forward a little more or rewind to catch, uh, where I start actually reading scripture. So I apologize if you're one of those, uh, I do truthfully and meaningfully want to talk about the patron and the, and the logos and, and all the show content and that, that I'm working on because it's near and dear to my heart. It's the whole premise to this ministry that I'm working through. So chapter three, we have Israel's guilt and punishment. Uh, it's a shorter chapter. Um, I believe it's only 15 verses long. Yep. So 15 verses, and then we're going to go right into chapter four. Uh, this theme that Amos has will carry all the way until uh, verse six in chapter four, and then that's where we will see Israel has not returned to the Lord. So we will, uh, work ourselves through these verses and we will see what we got. 
verse 1. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken to you, O people of Israel, against the whole family I brought up out of the land of Egypt. Only you have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? Does a lion roar in the forest? Does he have no prey? Does a young lion cry out from his den if he has taken nothing? Does a bird fall into a snare in the earth when there was no trap for it? Does a snare spring up from the ground when it has taken nothing? Is the trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? Proclaim to the strongholds of Ashdod and to the strongholds in the land of Egypt and say, Assemble yourselves on the mountains of Samaria, and you will see the great tumults within her and and the oppressed in her midst. They do not know how to do right, declares the Lord. Those who shore up violence and robbery in their strongholds. Therefore, says the Lord God, an adversary shall surround the land and bring you down your defense and bring your defenses down from you and your strongholds shall be plundered. Thus says the Lord, as the shepherd rescues from the mouth of the lion, two legs and a piece of an ear, or the shall the people of Israel who dwell in Samaria be rescued with the corner of the couch and part of a bed hear and testify against the house of Jacob declares the Lord God, the God of hosts, that on the day that I punish Israel for his transgressions, I will punish the altars of Bethel and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground. I will strike the winter house along with the summer house and the houses of ivory shall perish and the great houses shall come to an end, declares the Lord. Now I want to read the first five verses of chapter four because it carries the same theme here uh, and we'll work through that, uh, that thought. So verse one, chapter four. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to your husbands, bring that we may drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness that behold, the days are coming upon you when they shall take you away with hooks, even the last of you with fish hooks, and you shall go down from the breaches each one straight ahead, and you shall cast out into Harmon, declares the Lord. Come to Bethel and transgress and Gilgal and multiply transgression. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three days. Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving of what which is leavened and proclaim free will offerings. Publish them for you, for so you loved to do, O people of Israel, declares the Lord God. All right, so that's uh, up till verse 5. Now, chapter 4 is only going to be another 8 verses, so uh, we will uh, t- pick up in verse 6 here once we get to that point and carry on to the end of the chapter. Um, but I'm you know, kind of working through this book, and I'm looking at how uh, some of these you know, uh, chapter themes kind of carry into the next chapter, and that's kind of common throughout Scripture because, see, when these prophets were writing or the apostles were writing Scripture, they did not put in verse numbers and chapters. They just wrote letters. And so uh, these are done by very intelligent groups of people who have come through and translated these uh, books from Hebrew and Greek into English and other languages. 
And so, and to make it easier for us to read, they, you know, put uh, verse numbers and chapters, uh, and they, you know, title each of the chapters or they title sections when the thought processes are changing. And so it's interesting when you go and, uh, read other translations, not just the ESV, but go into an NASB, uh, King James, New King James, even the NIV or any, you know, the CSB, all those, and you read uh, the different translations. It's always fascinating to see how they change some of the wordage or maybe the sentence structures uh, sometimes and where they put the uh, titles for sections and how they even address them because a lot of times they're just different across uh, interpretations. And so, so let's look at uh, chapter three, verse one here. So we've, we, we get out right out of the gate. Uh, the whole people of old people of Israel against the whole family, uh, though Amos is, uh, thus far drawn a distinction between the Southern and Northern tribes here, uh, in the first two chapters, addressing himself to Judah that he did in chapter two, verses four and five, and then to Israel, uh, in six through 16 of chapter two, where he separates those two kingdoms. Uh, here he is treating all of God's chosen peoples one. So he's kind of putting together the north and the south kingdoms and saying, all right, you all will face judgment. Uh, he does so in order to remind the separated people of God about the intent of the covenant that they were supposed to follow in a right relationship with the Lord in harmony with one another. So we carry on here to verse two. We kick it off here with you only you only have I known God's choice of Israel is a unique privilege as such breaking the covenant is a terrible offense deserving the full penalty of God's judgment and I find it really interesting with this you only I have known that obviously we know this is God speaking so when he says this we are reassured that it was Israel in the beginning that was the the people who God has revealed himself to it is not a manner of um, you know, coming to Israel and then, you know, and then in the secret, they go, he goes to the Ammonites or the, uh, the Canaanites or the Hishtites or, you know, the Egyptians or whoever. No, God made himself known and calls Israel his own people. So that's an exclusive and unique privilege, uh, for the nation of Israel. However, the goal from this wasn't that Israel was supposed to, put that light and knowledge of God uh, underneath a, a cover and hide away from it, it was to be broadcasted and shared with the world. And that is where we see Christ coming in uh, in the New Testament and sharing the gospel with all the people. And then we see Paul moving that on after the death and resurrection of Christ going out into all the nations. So while this is a unique choice and unique privilege of God for the nation of Israel, we should also understand the greater uh, responsibility that Israel was given with this. So now we move into verses three through six. We have six rhetorical questions that are being presented here, uh, each expecting a negative response. They will lead to a climatic seventh question that will come in uh, part two of verse six. This rhetorical device emphasizes that disaster soon to come upon Israel is from the Lord's hand. People should understand that they are receiving the just penalty for their sins. So if we move down to verse 6 and we get to uh, that last part, the climactic one, we have, does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? Sin does not originate from the Holy One. 
who made all things good, yet the prophet plainly speaks of disaster, or equivalent translation would be evil, coming from the Lord. The Almighty does permit disasters as a natural consequence of sin. Jeremiah later categorized disaster coming upon the people as the fruit of their wicked devices and godless plans, Jeremiah 6.19. And I'm going to read a quote here from John of Damascus, an early church father. It says this, Sometimes evil means what is by evil, uh, evil by nature. And this is the opposite of virtue and the will of God. And sometimes it means afflictions and calamities. Now, these are seemingly evil because they are painful, but in reality are good. For those who understand, they become ambassadors of conversation and salvation. The scripture says that these God, that the, of these, God is the author. So, again, further clarification that it is that evil does not come from God or, or sin does not originate from God. But what we see is God permits these disasters to happen. And in fact, he even will raise up nations uh, to overtake Israel because of their evil and their sin. And so Israel shouldn't be saying we are being punished for our sin and our disobedience. This is why we get this and not just merely um, playing it off as, you know, we serve an evil God or whatever it may be. So, um, so we get down through the rest of the, uh, these verses here, um, pretty again, straightforward verses seven, eight, nine, uh, or seven and eight are kind of grouped together here in my reading. So we see, uh, in his mercy, the Lord regularly reveals his judgment and by intentions of the mouth of his prophets. This is why Amos is called into ministry. His job is to relay to the people what he has received from the Lord. And verse eight gives us a hypothetical uh, question here with who can but prophesy. The hypothetical question uses the rhetorical device to state that this prophetic message to Israel is by the Lord's authority. As surely a lion's roar will bring fear, so the Lord's speaking will bring the voice of a prophet. And so I find that to be quite fascinating. Um, and, you know, I just think the way this whole book is really, uh, really written out helps us to see, you know, Israel's blatant um, sin and, uh, and, and the judgment that God's bringing to it. Uh, so let's move on here. Uh, jumping down to verse 11, we have uh, verse 11 goes, therefore, thus says the Lord God and a adversary shall surround the land and bring down your defenses from you and your strongholds shall be plundered. So uh, we see that the enemies will lay siege Israel's impending punishment is thus revealed as coming from the former military campaign. Uh, this will be a prolonged assault followed by looting and plundering. This was not, I, I can't say common, but this happened every, every, it happened often enough that Israel should have repented upon this prophetic message coming to him. Uh, when this, when this letter was, a, was addressed, then, then Israel should have seen exactly what God was going to do and, and repented from that. So let's get 
down here in chapter four again, as I said, carries on the theme of chapter three, which is addressing these questions that we have in the first few verses. Uh, and then God continues kind of that question section through the rest of the, uh, of the chapter. But then in verse 11, he shifts gears and, and is basically saying, this is what is going to happen to you. And so verses uh, one through chapter four, verse five, because Israel has completely abandoned the covenant through the worshiping of idols, perpetrating injustice and showing the indifference to the poor. The Lord threatens to allow an invading army uh, and to wreak havoc on the land. Wealth, compromise of confession and indifference to suffering tempt the new Israel, the church still today. Recognizing such failures in ourselves should move us to repentance and increased gratitude for Christ who was rich yet became poor for our sake so that through his poverty we might have might become eternally rich this is the same thing that we deal with today we deal with idols we deal with things that are chasing our attention whether it's wealth or power or whatever and it is still problematic in the church today and you know, again, I fear at some point that God will bring swift judgment. And I think he does in means of allowing people to be kind of led astray, if you would, by false teachers and heretics. And we see those uh, um, just plethoras of them out there. They are uh, they are truly uh, everywhere. It's, it's quite damaging, in my opinion. All right, so let's get to verse 6 here in chapter 4. Israel has not returned to the Lord, so they continue to deal in their uh, in their sin. And let's continue on here. I gave you clean, cleanness of teeth in all your cities and the lack of bread in all of your places, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I also withheld the rain from you. When there were yet three months to harvest, I would send rain to one city and send no rain to another. One field would have rain, and the field on which it did not rain would wither. So two or three cities would wander to another city to drink water and would not be satisfied. Yet you do not return to me, declares the Lord. I struck you with the, bright, with the blight and the mildew. <clears throat> your many gardens and your vineyards, your fig trees and your olive trees, the locusts devoured. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I sent among you a pestilence. After the manner of Egypt, I killed your young men with the sword and carried away your horses. And I made the, stre- the strength of your camp go into your no- the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. I overthrew some of you as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And you were as a brand plucked out of the burning. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. Therefore... Thus I will do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you. Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. For behold, he who forms the mountains and creates the wind and declares to the man what is thought, he makes the morning darkness and treads on the heights of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, in his name. So a fairly straightforward chapter. Uh, not a lot we can, I mean, we could 
obviously go through these verse by verse, but I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory by reading this and knowing here kind of the su- the sections that we're dealing with in chapter three and four. Uh, three is is this guilt and punishment. This is what's going to happen to him. But then we see that God has done certain things, and yet Israel still does not return. Uh, we see, it looks like in the beginning verse there, famine, as verse 6 goes into. We have uh, drought in verses 7 and 8. And then we've got, uh, looks like maybe disease in 9 for the plants and the locusts that come and devour them. And then pestilence. And uh, we've got all sorts of different things that God is doing here in these verses and yet Israel still does not return. And, and I, and it's find it interesting here that we equivalent, uh, God overthrowing Sodom and Gomorrah to what is going to happen here. And they still do not return to the Lord. So I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we get down to verse 11 here and we have that, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, as I just mentioned, uh, but this, some of you, I want to talk about really quick. I overthrew some of you afflictions, plagues, warfare, death described here are dueled out selectively yet. Even those preserved from sickness and death will fail to recognize God's judgment in the afflictions and still will not return to him. Uh, so that is crucial. Uh, and it's sad to see that there are people who were saved from the you know judgment that God gives and yet they fail to return and again it's pretty pretty much a, uh, a a screaming example for the church today especially here in the West we are so comfortable in our quote unquote freedom to worship that we uh, in fact I actually just saw it today on my Instagram and I put a video up of it a church that was calling for rest from worship are you kidding me what in God's holy name is wrong with you. How could you possibly say we need to rest from worship, but they're still going to host events and barbecues and game nights, but they will not worship on Sunday mornings. That is, that is straight heresy, false teaching. It is blasphemy. It is garbage for a church to do that. And yet they get away with it and their people love it. And they make millions of dollars every year. They're, these mega church budgets are multi-million dollars every year. I mean, I, I went to a big church in Illinois for many years, and I love the pastor. I love the church. I think they're fantastic. I have nothing against them. But I know that they operated on a, on a million and a half dollar budget every year because they were a three or 4,000 person congregation, and they were big. So and, 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 and big for the area, but small when you talk about mega churches. And so you got to know those are multi-million dollar budgets that they work with. They deal with millions of dollars every year. My church here in Iowa, our our budget and expenses is give or take a hundred thousand a year. That's it. That, that operates our church, pays our bills, takes care of uh, issues throughout the year, whether it's in the church or in the parsonage, it takes care of all that. That's it. hundred grand. That's, and, and, and still we, we could be better managers, better stewards of our, of our finances. And, and I think we've done a tremendous job since I've been here. I, I really love my, my treasurer and I love my council who uh, govern with integrity. And I think that's amazing. But these mega churches are 
a stain on the church as it is. And they are being allowed to continue in their heresy and their blasphemy and their sinful ways. And they fear no judgment. They do not fear God's judgment upon them. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Actually, before we do, I'm going to hit verse 13, this doxology of judgment here. I think this is an interesting verse. I'm going to read it again for you. For behold, he who forms the mountains and creates the wind declares that declares to man what is his thought, who makes the morning darkness and treads on the heights of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. The doxology of judgment, the deepest darkness uh, is said to come just before dawn breaks. As creator and sustainer of all things, the Lord is responsible for both the brilliance of the noontime sun and the deepest, darkest of night. And uh, Gregory of uh, Nazarenus, or Gregory, yeah, Gregory of Nazarenus says this, the word of creation was given once, but the action is continuous even now. I love that quote. All right, so wrapping up here, verse verses 6 through 13 in chapter 4, uh, Amos in, in, interprets his vivid descriptions of divine judgment with a divine lament, yet you do not return to me. God, God's reasons for allowing calamities to enter our lives are ultimately good, but people nonetheless refuse to respond in humility and faith. True repentance is always his work wrought through the law. Forgiveness is his greatest work. Praise God for all our, for praise God that all sins, including our slowness to repent are truly and fully forgiven in the sacrificial death of Christ. So that's chapters three and four. Uh, that'll be today's show. I'm, I hope you stayed uh, in with me. We didn't go too deep. You know, it's only 32 minutes long or so, so that's good. But uh, I do encourage you, if you if you are one of those people that, that skipped my intro, please go back and listen to the banter at the beginning. Uh, it really would mean a lot to me if you join us on Patreon and uh, come and support this ministry. Uh, we are, I've got it. I've got a group of people that I'm working with to help enhance what we do. Uh, and they're working on, uh, kind of setting up some tiers and, and I'm kind of giving them some direction and they're helping me with, with ideas and insights. And so I'm very blessed for those individuals. You know who you are. So thank you very much, but, uh, please come join us and you'll get inside track to everything we're doing and you'll get exclusive content that never gets the light of day to the general public. So Come check us out. Uh, that'll be that for today's episode. I hope you guys check out next Tuesday's episode, wherever we'll be with that. I think we'll be uh, either wrapping up baptism or, or working into the Lord's Supper. Um, like I said, I got to look at the calendar for when this one will even air. Because I'm actually ahead on my Friday shows now, which is fantastic. So that kind of happened by accident. I ended up having a whole week where I had like five interviews and... Uh, and a couple of those went on Tuesdays and one of them went on Friday and I still did a Friday episode. So when I squeezed that interview into a Friday, I had, uh, I was already ahead. So that was, that was tremendous. So, um, I'm pretty excited to finally be ahead on this show's production. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in and thanks for dealing with my bantering and, and, and rabbit holes that have gone down. But, uh, I encourage you if you are part of a church that deals with, you know, 
anything in terms of like <laughs> taking a break, please flee that church. Uh, that, that just really, that one really irks me. Uh, we had pastors who were being thrown in jail, uh, in Canada, our brothers up there being thrown into jail because they were hosting in person worship services during COVID. And, uh, we've got churches now that COVID isn't really a thing anymore, depending on what side of the aisle you're on. Um, we've got churches and I are saying, Oh, God says, take a rest. No, God is continuing to plow through. And, uh, I advise you to be at a Sunday service where you can hear the law and gospel preached. You are given the assurance of forgiveness and you can partake in the sacraments and receive the promises of Christ that your sins are forgiven. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.